Our discussions on college basketball are usually full of joy as we celebrate this great game. But when life happens, sport necessarily takes a back seat. Such is the case today as we discuss the situation surrounding Texas head coach, Chris Beard. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome into Locked On College Basketball, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for diving in with us today. This episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss tomorrow's matchup of UCLA at Maryland right there on Sling TV on FS1. Sling, the TV you love for a price you love. Try it today. Well, today on the show, we're going to talk about Houston, who was bumped out of the number one spot in the AP poll after their loss to Alabama on Saturday. We got some interesting news, potentially, on Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC a year early. We'll unpack that as well. But first, we have to start with other Big 12 news. And of course, that is the scenario surrounding Chris Beard. Well, unfortunately, sometimes we do have to talk about the sad and difficult parts of life and sports. It's not always a wonderful thing. Unfortunately, we woke on Monday morning to the news that Texas head basketball coach Chris Beard had been arrested. Uh, Tony Plahetsky was the first person I saw with it on Twitter, said University of Texas head men's basketball coach Chris Beard was arrested and charged with assault on a family member early Monday. Austin police confirm we are attempting to learn more. We do know now that it was his fiance, the person in question, and we're not going to get into all the details of the actual assault itself because we don't want to glorify that or anything of that nature. And so if you're listening, tuning in, no worries on uh, being triggered with details. Um, Texas released a very quick statement early, not much. They just said the university is aware of the situation regarding Chris Beard. We're continuing to gather information and monitor, monitor the legal process. Uh, Coach Beard's representative attorney, Perry Minton, said Coach Beard is 100% innocent of these charges, should have never been arrested. The complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It's truly inconceivable. Well, at some point in the day, Coach Beard was able to come before a judge, was ultimately released on $10,000 bail. He has been suspended without pay indefinitely by the university. Here is the statement that Texas made less than two hours before the Longhorns tipped off on Monday night against Rice. The university takes matters of interpersonal violence involving members of its community seriously. Given the information available, the university has suspended Coach Beard from his position as head coach and will withhold pay until further notice. Associate head coach Rodney Terry will serve as acting head coach for tonight's game against Rice. As of this point, we have no statement from Chris Beard. And lost in all this, and obviously of far less importance, is Texas beats Rice 87-81 to in overtime. The Longhorns are obviously a much better team, but given the circumstances, you totally understand that. Here to help me unpack all of this is the host of Locked on Texas Longhorns, our guy, Jonathan Davis. And Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me. I'm sorry it's not under uh, more favorable circumstances, but really want to get your take on this, your thoughts, what you've been hearing and seeing throughout the day on Monday. Yeah, I told uh, Isaac off the record, I thought the next time I came on Locked On College Basketball was when Texas won the national championship. <laughs> right? I didn't expect to be back on here. So here soon, we are. But, 
really on a serious note, you know, like you said, you wake up and you just hear the devastating news. And in our space, of course, this is the biggest story in college basketball, one of the biggest right. stories in the nation. You know, that Chris right. Beard, a head coach that's a, as accomplished as he is, was arrested on, on domestic violence and, you know, uh, domestic violence charges early Monday morning. But, you know, when you think about it, the the biggest story and the biggest worry is, you know, the, the fiance that called in and, and reported yes. this assault, you know, the, the family, the everybody that's involved with this situation outside of the, the media space and the Texas basketball space and all of that, you have to feel and, and think how that affects them. Right. And then from a, a personal standpoint, outside of, you know, his coaching profession, you want to make sure that if this is true, everything that's been alleged that Chris Beard, you know, is able to move forward from this and get the help that he needs. That's right. Um, and, you know, can be better uh, from this. With that being said, as far as from a, a Texas basketball standpoint and what I've been seeing and what I've been hearing, I think, people are devastated, right? Especially people on the 40 acres because you feel like Chris Beard in his second year has proved that he was the right coach for this program. He had gotten them uh, to one of the best programs in the nation. We had just talked about them, um, you know, after they had beaten Gonzaga being a, you know, kind of sneaky, you know, national championship contender. And then, you know, it just seems like it all goes up into flames, you know, in an instant, right? And, and you know, you, you hear the situation that, you know, Chris Beard has been taken in and you just kind of continue to wait and, and hear the details. But as more details comes out, it kind of becomes, you know, clearer and clearer, even even though everything, you know, has been alleged, you know, and nothing, I guess, has been proven up until this point. It, it's, it's not good. right? It's not good at all. And, you know, at this point, based on what we've heard, right, you know, everything is alleged. But based on what we've heard, it's hard to envision a scenario where, you know, Chris Beard coaches another game at Texas. Right. You know, and you talked about him being suspended without pay. We don't know what the reality is of that is moving forward, but um, everything we've heard is not good. And, you know, people on the 40 acres are, are definitely concerned. Most people that, you know, I've seen talked about it or have reported on it have said, you know, if, if this is true and, and Chris Beard did this and based on what we've heard, then he doesn't need to coach another game at Texas. I think that's consensus uh, on how Texas fans feel, but um, it's definitely a huge blow, right. To a, to a program that, was on the up and up, you know, it was looking like one of the best programs in the, in the country, looking like one of the best teams in the country to wake up on this Monday morning and, you know, find out what happened to Chris Beard. I, I think that's definitely, uh, you know, a huge blow to this program at this moment. Absolutely. And, and it seems like from the, from the outside looking in, um, the Texas certainly did its due diligence throughout Monday uh, to, to find out more information to make sure they're taking the right steps. Uh, you, you want to make sure that you don't um, victim shame and, and do all the negative side of things that we've seen done in our country. From what you've seen and heard, does it feel like the university has handled this in an appropriate way, at least within the first, oh, 15 hours of it? Like you said, that, you know, there's kind of the protocols to it, right? You, you put out that initial statement, okay, oh, we're aware, right? We know what's going on with Chris Beard and you know, I think before the game, especially when, uh, you know, the police report started to come out, you know, at first you start hearing little details by details and then you see the bond is put out. You see he leaves the, uh, you know, the jail around one or two p.m. Central time. Uh, but then, the, you know, they have a game at six. And so you're like, OK, they're going to have to make a decision because we had text in the morning. And we're like, there's no way he's going to be on the sidelines. But we didn't know anything definitive about whether he would be on the sidelines or not until about four o'clock when, you know, those police reports started to come out. You started to hear more of the details you saw you know, some of the alleged things that happened uh, to his fiance. And then at that point, Texas promptly, you know, suspended him without pay. So there's not really much you can do, you know, in, in that first day when you don't have a bunch of information. But I think right. the first thing that the university does is to make sure that everybody knows that they're aware. I think they did that. The second thing is to do is to take action until you can 
ensure, you know, one way or the other. And I think they did that by suspending him without pay, you know, before the rice game. And so based on the information we've had and the time they've had to act on the information, I think the university of Texas has done the right thing and how they've handled the Chris Beer situation thus far. All right. Very good. As it stands today, if, if everything has come out that has come out is, is what it, you know, what has been alleged is true. Do you think at this point, obviously I'm asking you to, to make some predictions that Chris Beard will have coached his last game at the university of Texas? I absolutely believe that, you know, I, I think that it's just something that you can't stand for, right? It's something that you can't, if you decide to allow him to continue to coach at the university of Texas, then you're endorsing that behavior, right? Whether indirectly or directly, if you are allowing Chris Beard to coach at the university of Texas and what has alleged is turns out to be true, then you're endorsing that behavior. You're saying the university of Texas stands by that behavior. You're saying the university of tech, you're endorsing that behavior, right? Whether indirectly or directly. And I don't think that um, that's something that the university of Texas should stand for. I don't think that's something that the university of Texas should stand behind. You know, I know that it's going to be tough, right? Because you're, you're going to have to fire one of the best head coaches in the nation. Right. right. You know, I, not talking about him personally, just professionally, what he has done, you know, from a a career standpoint, you're firing one of the best coaches in the nation. You're firing somebody who has literally done a 180 on your program in less than two years. Right. And so that's going to be a tough decision to make. You know, I don't envy CDC at this point at all, but you know, like I said, you know, based on what's in that police report, if that is true and and what his fiance said is true. And, you know, (laughs) I've seen both sides of it. I guess that's what Twitter does to you, right? But I'm not going to be the one to come out here and assume that that woman, you know, called the police for any reason other than, you know, she felt threatened, right? And so if if all of that is true, then yes, I I think that he has coached his last game at the University of Texas. I think the University of Texas would be more than justified in making that decision. Okay. Jonathan Davis, thank you so much for joining us. Great information there. Obviously, we're going to be keeping very close watch on this situation as it unfolds. As we said, Texas beats Rice in overtime on Monday night. Next time the Longhorns take the court is on Sunday against Stanford. So obviously, we will see uh, if there's more that has developed between now and then. Jonathan Davis, uh, sorry again to have to have you on under such circumstances, but really appreciate your candor and your thoughtfulness in this scenario. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Christmas is just under two weeks away, but I can already taste the incredible steak our family is going to eat together on Christmas Day when we gather around the table. It's something we do every family Christmas that we join together, and this year is no different. This is insane. Listen to these numbers. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here, so achieve gift-giving greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. They have everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. You can send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites like the delicious Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals ready in a flash. Don't wait. Order today and beat that shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. It's a gift from the heart that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and take advantage of this 50% off site-wide. Plus, use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to get an extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. 
It's great to be joined on Locked On College Basketball today by the host of the Locked On Cougs, the Houston Cougars, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, who's only been with the network for a little while getting going. Man, so such great work you're doing. So glad to have you as part of our team. It's been a great start to the season for the Houston Cougars. Of course, as we were joking about before we recorded, the first time we're having you on this show is coming off the first loss of the season. But obviously, better days are ahead for Kelvin Sampson's club. What has been going right so far this season to loft the Cougars all the way back to five slam jamma levels? Well, thanks for having me back, Isaac. Um, or having me on, I should say. Um, honestly, I think the deal is, is they've got this really good balance of youth in Walker and uh, J1 Roberts, I guess, is technically more like a sophomore, but he's getting a lot more playing time and um, they're bringing in Terrence Arsenal off the bench. Tremont Mark is having his first, we hope, fully healthy season all year long. And then they bring in a veteran, like coming back from the NBA. He went to the test the NBA draft waters, coming back to campus and Marcus Sasser, right? Mark Sasser, preaching All-American. I think he's a more commonly known name, but the nice blend there is kind of working really well for Samson's club. Got a lot of options. And frankly, sometimes I think guys are thinking there's too many options. Like, who do we play <laughs> at what <one> moment? <laughs> man, that's great. And, and man, that speaking of that backcourt, man, the combination of Sasser, who's more, you know, plays, I believe, off the ball more. And then you got uh, Jamal Shedd running the show. What, what makes this backcourt so dynamic? Well, I mean, they're both explosive fast. Uh, I mean, Jamal Shedd, I think, raised a lot of eyebrows when he had a sports center top 10 caliber dunk in the middle of the Alabama game last weekend. Um, and so he's got that kind of speed. And then if you put, you know, you want to stop the ball, slow that down, then Marcus Sasser, the guy, I don't want to say Rip Hamilton, because actually probably has a little bit more <laughs> off the bounce in that game. But um, but he's he runs, he's constantly moving in that sense, right? And so you can't, you got to kind of pick which one you want to stop. Mm. Alabama chose to stop Sasser and and it won the game. So maybe that's the formula moving forward. But uh, Samson loves his guards. It's been the way the Samson system's always been, whether it's Galen Robinson or Armani Brooks or Quentin Grimes or whomever. That's just kind of what he does. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Sasser, I know he has had this eye injury. How much of of kind of some struggles he had against Alabama was that tough Nate Oates defense? And how much of it was like the dude can't see to shoot right now? (laughs) You know, I think that Houston and Samson and Sasser, they're never going to admit how the eye bugged him. Uh, I think truthfully, it sounds like he got five stitches above his eyebrow over the weekend uh, or, over the, or over the week on Tuesday. They played uh, North Florida uh, the, right before it. Right. And um, I think that, you know, stitches, it's like whatever, eventually they'll go away. He wore like a protective goggle over it <laughs> that he was constantly messing with. And I, I wonder if the goggles are almost more bothersome than the pain level, uh-huh. right? Um, uh-huh. That just throws you off a little bit. You can't see quite the same. Fogs up or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully, you know, once those stitches are out and you don't have the risk, you can get rid of the rec specs and we're back in the game. Now, in that Alabama game, it's I think most people who watch that obviously know that the Cougars had a 15-point second-half lead and things just kind of spiraled downhill. And now Alabama has beaten two AP number one teams this season, North Carolina, who kind of fell off after that. And then Houston, what is it that happened down the stretch? Is it more about what Alabama did do or more about what Houston didn't do? I think in like every game, it's probably a combination of the two, right? So on the one hand, um, there's a big play in the second half with the big J1 Roberts dunk. Um, and then very quickly, NATO, it's called a timeout and basically just subbed in four backups. And they kind of went four out, one in, 
backyard uh, pickup basketball. And Houston, you know, bluntly, it was like, this wasn't on the scouting report. Like, <laughs> like, like and it, suddenly the defense was a little jostled for Houston um, and just wasn't really ready for things. And then on the flip side of that, um, Houston had a big uh, Tremont Mark, a starting small forward, fouled out of the game. And frankly, kind of had trouble figuring out exactly what lineup to go with. Jairus Walker was having, um, you know, he made a couple defensive slip ups and, and missed a couple rebounds. And so that meant he needed to sit for a minute. But then we got stuck with two bigs because we don't really have another true forward forward. And with two bigs out there, you're playing against four guards. All of a sudden, things are just kind of not quite going Houston's way and clicking. But I would have never known. I mean, there were, again, four backups on the floor for Alabama for the bulk of that run. And everyone in Houston's kind of looking around like, man, we, we saw the backups come in. We thought this was supposed to get extended. <laughs> like, we all thought that was going to get run out. And that's exactly the opposite of what happened. Um, they're, they're a very talented basketball team, though. I, you know, I, the SEC is tough, but I, yeah. I would not be surprised to see them go very deep when March comes around. I agree. Absolutely. Just got to hit their threes, man. There's that. Uh... Uh, in 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 inconsistency with that three-point shooting sometimes from the Crimson Tide. But yes, I'm with you. I'm all in on Nate Oates' team. Now, speaking of, for Houston, obviously the defense is there. I believe they're number two at Ken Palm right now in defensive efficiency. But the question for me a little bit, one of my few hangups with Houston so far this year is I'm a little worried where the offense is always going to come from. I mean, by no stretch of the imagination are they bad. I believe 26th right now at Ken Palm in offensive efficiency. But like historically, teams that shoot under 35%, we've only had uh, six national champions since the three-point shot was invent or uh, introduced into the game that shot under 35% from three. So what is it that Houston needs to do offensively to work at catching up a little bit with the defense in order to enable them to win six games in a row in March and April? Well, I, I think honestly, there's. Uh, I keep mentioning a couple of these young guys that kind of need to catch up on the defensive side. So Samson trusts them enough to be out there. He's obviously a very defensive first kind of coach. So like as Terrence Arsenal continues to learn the philosophies and the schemes and see it live, um, I think he's the kind of guy he's cur- currently shooting. He had a pretty rough night Saturday, so he's down to like 32%, but he was shooting very high. If you watch the Oregon game from a couple weeks ago, he was like the big name there, right? Um, and having those kinds of things will hopefully open up defenses and you know whether it's he or Jarvis Walker whomever popping up for more threes hopefully opens up and makes it easier for Sasser because Alabama was just face guarding him all day on Saturday schematically though Houston is very much a kind of team where they're really more trying to attack downhill and they're almost more likely to get three the old-fashioned way than a kick out um it just that's the way that Samson's thing kind of rolls and they've gotten to a final four a couple of years ago. Right. So sometimes it works. <laughs> and then sometimes you play Alabama and they're hot from three and you're not. And it doesn't. So yeah, absolutely. Parker, last question for you. One of the best things is we finally got college football over and college basketball owns Saturday. Now we had a great Saturday this past week but an even bigger one coming up this Saturday, December 17th, highlighted by the top five matchup between the Houston Cougars, currently fifth in the AP poll, and the Virginia Cavaliers. It is a true road game for Houston. What are you looking for in this matchup? So I, I don't mean to overlook North Carolina A&T on Tuesday, or Tuesday well, night, I guess. I'm going to overlook North Carolina <laughs> A&T. Um, but I will say that I'm looking to see how Houston responds. Um, all indications were that 
you know, Houston spent six and a half hours in the film room on Sunday after the game on Saturday, right? And like the intense grueling practices that are going to come after that kind of, what does that translate into? Does that translate into better ball movement and finding guys in better spots on offense? Does it translate into rotations happening? But like what comes out of that against Virginia? Because while Virginia and Alabama are very different, they're both top five caliber teams. And frankly, if Houston wants to be on that one seed line come March, these pre-conference games for a team in a smaller conference like the American Athletic Conference are really, really important, right? Because if they lose to Alabama and Virginia, they could go undefeated win the American Conference, but people are going to remember that when they're seeding teams in March. And that's you'd hate for that to be like, oh, those two early games matter so much, but they kind of do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Great game coming up on Saturday. Back-to-back weekends for Houston. And that's what college basketball is all all about, is these great non-conference matchups in November and December. Parker Ainsworth, love your work. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. Make sure you tune in to Locked on Cougs to hear more from Parker Ainsworth. (laughs) Go Cougs. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, Coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, or how about one that I cannot wait to try, the white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on the granola bar, so more filling and still insanely tasty. And here's another one, the candy cane brownie puff. Bilt puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. For anyone who hasn't tried Bilt bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, just 130 of them. So sink in your teeth into that first bite and it will change your life. Not kidding. There's going to be a time before you had ever tasted these new built flavors. And there's always that time afterwards. You're probably wondering what new flavor is mine. That's unanswerable to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all different. So you can order a mixed box right now and try all five of these new flavors for yourself. Built. You got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Well, the Chris Beard news was not the only Big 12 news of interest. On Monday, we uh, heard first thing from Brett McMurphy, who this news got drowned out in the midst of the Chris Beard news, but reported that there is, quote, growing sentiment and, quote, momentum for Oklahoma and Texas to leave the Big 12 a year early to join the SEC in 2024 two falls from now rather than 2025 as is expected. The Big 12's grant of rights ends July 1st, 2025, which would have been when we expect Texas and Oklahoma to move for the 25-26 academic year. But there's a possibility now it could move early, and this is the wide world of college sports. And here to help me unpack it and figure it out today on Locked On College Basketball is our guy Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on what I know has been a bonkers day for you in Big 12 world um, to help us unpack what, what might be going on with this move and media deals and everything else. Yeah, I mean it's crazy odds. Like, like this is this has been the best basketball conference in America the last couple of years. Absolutely. And I, I have not touched basketball at all <laughs> this year. I mean, I mentioned my Missouri Tigers, Missouri alone playing KU, and they got you know they got dragged in that game. Kansas looked pretty good in that one. Yeah. Um, but that's about that's about it. And it's been with the way the football news cycle is going, it, it's really changed a lot of this. And I think that's what we have to understand. Like 
basketball is is uh, at least in this this situation second is really taking a yeah it's taking the back seat for football absolutely like this, this entire thing is is football related yeah absolutely it is and so um so for those who aren't aware regardless of what happens with this we've got four new teams coming mm-hmm. into the big 12 so to take the big 12 from 10 to 14 next school year and that's regardless of what happens with oklahoma and texas's move and so that's byu Cincinnati, Houston. Boy, I wish Houston was in the Big 12 right now. I know, me too. And that'd be so fun for this year. Yeah. And UCF. And so, um, obviously, we know Oklahoma and Texas are committed to staying in the Big 12 until, you know, the, the actual call for them to leave as the media rights deals change. But what is some of the reason for this growing sentiment and possibility for this year earlier movement? Yeah, back, so it's back to football. It's because two things. The number one, I think this has been uh, this has been something I think is is the main reason for a while. It is because uh, the Big Ten is going to add USC and UCLA when we think UCLA. I mean, that, I, <laughs> I I don't think that's going to get blocked. I think that yeah. UCLA is going to be part of the of the Big Ten. Uh, that's going to happen in 2024, right? So essentially, what's happening is Fox is getting the 16 team Big 12 or Big 12 Big 10 in 2024. <laughs> Big 10 right? is Big 16. Yeah. Yes, Big 10 turning Big 16. <laughs> Big 12 is going to 14 and back to 12. Um, the SEC, which is at 14 right now, um, you know, I think as a counter move, kind of when it has all their have all their ducks in a row at the same time, right? Big 10 goes to 16. No, all their all their longhorns and sooners in a row, not the yes, guys. all their yes, all their sooners, <laughs> yes, they're they're covered wagons and large and large, you know, uh, uh cows in a row, if you will. And I also think that the second thing too is it, it coincides with the fact that we now know the college football playoff will be expanded to 12 teams. Right. So I think that is a further money making opportunity for those conferences. Also, I think as an incentive for the Big 12, maybe you don't want a situation where your conference champion in the, uh, you know, the first year of the expanded playoff is OU or Texas. Yeah. And so that's why that these conversations, it's just kind of the right time to have this talk. Now, the weird part about it is there's a chance we get one year of the, so there's a, there's a chance we go from 10 to 14 the 12 in three consecutive seasons that's right that's kind of what it looks like could happen but i'll tell you what i'm i'm not sold that this is going to happen okay. um brett mcmurphy said it could happen in a month we actually had him on big 12 today the show we work on sirius xm he said today he goes i heard that from a source but i'm really not like he really wasn't saying that it felt like that was going to happen. It felt like it was too fast. Interesting. And and I'm I'm with him on that. And and here's the big reason why is that Fox is going to have to be made whole on this. What we say is when we we talk about here is Fox is in the television deal for the Big 12 right. through 2025. You mentioned that grant of rights. They're owed Texas and Oklahoma football games through 2025. And so you can understand why Fox would be like, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to consent to you taking OU in Texas. Um, and if you, you know, if, if SEC does do that, and I'm, I'm not really sure how all of this works particularly, but if that were to happen, they're not going to pay out the Big 12 as much money as they would have with them. I mean, we saw the ratings for the Texas game against uh, Alabama this year, just gigantic ratings. OU Texas always does massive ratings. So in that game sometimes on Fox. So there is that that's to me is one of the big pieces too. And I don't think the big 12 is in the business right now of, 
of making a television partner current and future and potentially future, future television partner angry. So yeah, those are all the balls we're bouncing here. And that's why it's hard for me to see this getting done maybe like in a few months, but I have a tough time believing we get this thing done in one month because it feels like there's a whole lot going on right now with this. And, and part of it, Josh, if I'm correct, is the Big 12's new media rights deal doesn't kick in mm-hmm. until 2025. So regardless of what happens, whether it's a year earlier on time, Texas and Oklahoma are gone. Like this media deal only factors in what will be the new 12-team Big 12, correct? Yeah, correct. That is correct. Yeah. Okay, good. And so it seems like ultimately then this is about trying to figure out a way to make this a win-win for mm. SEC, Big 12, tangentially Big 10 as part of it. And so who is, is it ESPN pulling the strings on this? Is it Fox? Like who is, who's got the bottom line on this whole conversation? That's what makes this really difficult because you've got two schools, you've got two conferences, you've got two media partners and everybody, you know, some people want the same thing, but how we achieve that is different, right? So um, on the way out, Texas and Oklahoma, if they leave early, are going to have to pay a pretty sizable chunk of change somewhere around the, you know, if, if they want to leave two years early, it's going to be like an $80 million fee or whatever it is, right? And Brett McMurphy basically said, look, if they want to leave early, that number will usually get negotiated down to around 60%. The reason why is that there is some concern amongst conferences that if a school actually decided to fight them on that in court, there's a chance they could lose and get absolutely nothing. Nothing. So normally you want to negotiate and get that number down lower. So we'll see what happens there. I guess the big question here with with ESPN, with Disney, with ABC – because that's 2024 is when their deal kicks in. That's when they're going to absorb the 330 on CBS uh, football game. That is like the really crown crown jewel of every single Saturday. Sure, sure. Um, there is talk about all right. What is it worth to ESPN to get all the as we mentioned the covered wagons and the <laughs> the cows in a row? <laughs> what is it worth to have all 16 schools in the SEC in 24? What is that worth to the conference? The conference is kind of on the sideline. They'd love to have it. What is it worth to ESPN is the big key here. Will they help Oklahoma and Texas make payment? Would they do something where mm. they adjust how revenues are distributed throughout the conference to help, you know, if they make those schools pay it out, right? Would they would they do something to adjust revenues to make those schools whole, right? There's a whole lot of factors here about how the and, – and like many things in the sport, like everything in this, these sports – this is all money, right? And I do not claim to be any kind of financial expert. Uh, I do not, you know, I'm, I'm not, a, you know, that's not my realm of, realm of uh, that's not where I, I reside. But that's what a lot of this is. A lot of this is going to be like, you know, trying to transfer money from that, that offshore account in the Cayman Islands to, to account X and make everything work. Like, that's really what this is, is how does everybody become satisfied? How does the Big 12 become satisfied? Do they take a financial hit if they get paid enough money? What's the money, you know, what's, what's the dollar figure, all that kind of stuff has to be worked out. And once again, it goes back to what we talked about before. That's why I'm kind of resist, resistant to the idea that number one, this gets done at all much less in like the next month and a half. I think eventually yeah, bottom, bottom line done. this for me, Josh, bottom yeah. line it 2024 are Texas and Oklahoma in the big 12 or the sec. I'm like, I've guessed like a million times. I've gone like back and forth a million times. I've got no clue. I, Yes, 
sure. <laughs> like, I think so. But like if Fox came out, I was like, no, we don't want this. I don't think the Big 12 is like, sorry, because they because Fox Fox has a huge stake in the Big 12 and, and you know, not as big as ESPN will in the future. But I think it's a Fox is a big television company and you want to keep working them. You work with them now. You're going to work with the next TV deal. You want to do the next TV deal. So I'm going to say tentatively. Yes. OK. I think the timing just makes sense. But there is if you read Brett's article, which I encourage everybody to go and read you can tell like there is a whole lot to balance to make this happen first. And that's why it, it feels tenuous at best. All right, Josh neighbors, great stuff. Thank you for getting us all up to date. Uh, as he said, if you haven't read Brett's article, make sure to go do that. It's got all the information and will help you. If you're a math wizard, if not, just <laughs> trust us and we'll keep you up. To yeah. Date. If you're a numbers guy, talk to me, honestly, I could use some help sorting the numbers of my own show. So I, I do love it. an Excel spreadsheet. It's yeah. my best friend, Josh <laughs> neighbors. Thank you. We're so grateful for your time. Yeah. yeah anytime, man. Thanks. Big thanks to all of today's guests, Jonathan Davis, Parker Ainsworth, and Josh Neighbors for all their great insight and work. Make sure you check them out on their various Locked On shows. Coming up tomorrow, my co-host Andy Patton will be back with you. Another great show. Make sure you tune into that. But also make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today podcast as your next listen. It's the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe to our show, like, hit the like button, and make sure to comment as well. And until tomorrow, peace.